0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. How many of you, uh, at different moments over the last few weeks, couple of months, have been just overwhelmed with who God is? Any, anybody else in here? Is it just me? Um, I keep finding myself crying and... Uh, Just, I don't know, it's, you know, we want to be saturated with Jesus, right? Anybody else want to be saturated with Jesus? And what does it mean to be saturated? If you're saturated, you can't contain what is in there. And you just find you keep leaking. Um, Because whatever you're full of is going to come out of you. So it depends what you're full of. It's going to determine that one what comes out of you. And I don't know about you guys but I I just want Jesus to be saturating so that what's me so that what then leaks is Jesus. What then leaks out is his heart. Amen. What then leaks out is just what he wants to do. And I just find, you know, I st- I'm at home, start worshiping and the next thing I'm crying and and just whatever. And uh, and just being overwhelmed with who Jesus is. And I believe God wants us all to be living overwhelmed, living saturated with him. Amen. Not, not just when we come to a meeting, uh, but just this sense of now, the now of God and what he's doing in our lives and how he's working and moving. Um, so I just want to encourage you, just give yourself to God during, you know, in this I wasn't going to say I can't say season, but for the rest of your life, just give yourself to to the Lord and what He's doing. Um, now, this week, obviously not next week because we'll get a guest speaker, but this week and then the, the subsequent two Sundays after next week, leading up to Easter, we're just going to focus in on something specific in relation to what God is doing overall, but in in quite a specific way. And one of the things I believe God wants to do is he wants to restore his lordship in our homes. He wants to restore uh, his presence if we can put it that way in our homes. Not that it's, it's not there but I believe God wants to release something of his spirit in our homes in a fresh way that has either been stolen or has never really been activated. Or if it has, God wants to add to that to become far more than it currently is at this time. And <clears throat> we're gonna, there's quite a lot of scriptures this morning and, and quite a lot of content. I don't think we're going to get through all of it, which is OK, because we're going to do this over a few Sundays. But God wants to release his power back into your home. Anybody want that? It doesn't matter whether you're single, you live on your own. It doesn't matter whether you live shared household with others. It doesn't matter whether you live as a family, just your own family in your home. Whatever your context, God wants to release His power afresh in your, in your home where, where you live. And so what is Luke 2 verse 14? It says, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom His favour rests. So we worship the one who is the highest, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. That scripture was was declared or that statement was declared by the angels uh, when they were speaking to the, the, the shepherds who were watching their sheep and their flocks. And what they said is peace to men on whom his favour rests. Now we're going to unpack what the word peace means a little bit this morning. And, and what God wants to release in our homes, in us and then through us and what happens as a result in our homes and why God wants to do this. Jane and I, uh, about 18 months ago, uh, start inviting other people around our house on a Friday night to kind of share, kind of communion, chat together, eat together and begin to pray together. And God began to do something in our hearts in relation to that. And uh, we've done that off and on over that period of time as well. More recently, we've been doing that with with some people. And some of our conversation has been, you know, how do we we see other households, other families in the church, um, make some space in their week, in their lives, in their time, for God to come and do something new and fresh and for God to be invited in and the presence of God to be released in a fresh way and for the power of God to be activated in people's marriages and families and homes in a fresh way. And while we were away uh, in Israel the other week, there were some things, people we met and some things that God said that that helped to crystallise some things but also, I think, prime the pump or to prod us, if you like, To actually say, hey, we need to to bring something to the body, not just as a message, but something God wants to release and activate in our lives personally in a way that we're going to see God's power released even more than corporately. So Isaiah 53 verse 5, it says, But he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. Again, the word peace there comes up, and, and he brought us peace. <clears throat> the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. Then in Numbers 6, 24 to 26, a couple of scriptures first. It says, The Lord bless you and keep you. How many know this is the Aaronic blessing that was spoken, that the priest was supposed to speak over the people? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Now, many of us would know, maybe some of us don't know, but the word for peace in the Scriptures that we've read and many others is the word shalom. And the word shalom means to have total and abundant well-being. It means to have an abundance of well-being. If we can put it this way, to leak well-being in our lives. It means to have complete wholeness, to have nothing missing, nothing lost. It means to live in the way that the, in the way that things are supposed to be according to God shalom okay this total well-being now god wants to restore that total and abundant complete wholeness nothing missing nothing lost In our homes, in our families, in our marriages, into our kids' lives. And then he wants that to leak from our lives personally into everybody else's lives. who come into our home or to everybody else's lives we come across because of what God is doing in us. Amen. How many of you want that in your home? How many of you know that many, many families and households need that out there in their homes? There's something... That God wants to release in your life, in your home, that only you can release. As, as a pastor, as a leader, there's certain things that I have a responsibility to do or anybody who's a leader in a, in a church has responsibility to do. And some of that is to help create an environment in the life of the church, an environment of faith, an environment of love, and an, an environment of expectation, an environment where people can come and feed, where people can grow, where people can encounter God and meet with God. But that, that's my responsibility and other leaders in a church to help create that kind of environment for people to be part of and then people to connect into and then see God release what He wants to do into their lives. But I don't I can't I don't have an authority in your home to do those things. That's your authority, that's your responsibility. So you are the pastor of where you live. Or to use another biblical phrase, you're the priest in your home. You're the pastor of where you live. So I might be the pastor of the church of the body that is kingdom faith, but I'm not the pastor in your home, that's your That's your domain, that's your territory, that's your place where God wants to release himself and his word and his purposes in that place so that your family gets impacted, but then everybody else who comes into your home also gets impacted. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. So it says here, there's a phrase, a royal priesthood. Now, what is a priest? First of all, a priest. Now, we might have a religious mindset of what a priest is. So priests in more a Catholic setting or more of a traditional church setting. A priest is somebody who does similar things that I'm doing today. Hopefully speak, teaching, preaching or whatever. But they lead in certain ways. But we can also have a religious mindset about priests, a bit more traditional and religious kind of thing. But that's not what the Bible means. The Bible is not talking about religious activity. They're not talking about just a function to do traditional things or things in a certain way. The priest is someone who is set apart by God, who then firstly ministers to God, but then also ministers to other people and prepares the environment and sets things in place for God to come and minister to the people. And so when it says we're a royal priesthood, so if that's what a priest does, then what does a priesthood do? Well, the priesthood is a collective of priests. So in this room this morning, we, have, we are a priesthood of believers. Every one of you in this room is a priest in Christ. You're a priest to minister to God, but you're also a, a priest to minister to others. Now, if that means we're priests in, as part of the body, and it says we're a royal priesthood, well, that means we must be, some, we must be part of something that's more than just an earthly priesthood. We're part of something called God's kingdom where God is the king, where where Jesus is the king and he is Lord. And therefore we are part of this kingdom. And in this kingdom we are priests within that, ministers of this royal kingdom. And God wants to see his life and his power released in our homes where we're all called to be priests in the same way that we see the life and power of God released when we are a priesthood of believers together. And so we have faith when we meet together that God's going to do something. Well, hopefully we do anyway. You know, I'm going, when I go on a Sunday and meet with everybody and I'm going to worship Jesus, I'm expecting to encounter God. I'm expecting for God's presence to be there. I'm expecting God to speak to me. I'm expecting God to do things in people's lives. Maybe sometimes you come on a Sunday and you say, I'm expecting to be healed this morning. I'm expecting to receive from God this morning. I'm not just expecting to give and to worship and to honour Him, which I'm going to do, but also I'm expecting to receive because as we minister to Him, He's going to minister to us. Now, that same kind of faith and expectancy that we have when we come together, we want to move in that same faith and expectancy in our homes. Everybody with me this morning? So we are a royal priesthood serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Revelation 1, 5, 6 says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests, to serve his God and Father, to Him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. He's the faithful witness. First of all, to who? To who the Father is and to the truth. He's the firstborn from the dead. What does that mean? Well, in terms of God's plan of purposes for salvation to come to you and I, Jesus was the first to be, to be born from the dead. Out of the death that separated us from God, from Jesus, Jesus then was the one who was crucified and rose from the dead, which then enables us to have new life in Christ. He was the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. So we're not serving an earthly kingdom, we're serving a heavenly kingdom and we're serving the king of kings. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, the cross, and has made us to be a kingdom and priest. Interesting how it says here that he is, it doesn't say... He has made us part of a kingdom. It says He's made us a kingdom. So God brings us together as a royal priesthood to be a kingdom together, a kingdom of people, a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood who then serve God the Father to bring Him glory and to see His power released forever and ever. And what God wants to do in that context is then restore that shalom, that abundant peace, that total well-being, the release of His power and how things are supposed to be in our homes. So God has commissioned us as priests. He always wanted, right from the beginning, He never wanted to have a set-apart priesthood of priests within those people that knew Him and followed Him. God always wanted every person to be a priest before Him. That was always God's intention. And we see that fulfilled in in Christ. God never intended for the people of Israel to have their own kings. He always intended for Him to be their king and for them to know Him as king, to worship Him as king and to be priests that minister to Him. And then they were going to be priests to the nations and minister to the nations to reveal who he is. That was his intention. But because of the way they lived, because of the way they were, he had to set up a priesthood. And he set up that priesthood, set apart the Levites as priests and they had to go through various things to make sure they were clean and they they lived in a certain way and they presented themselves before God in a certain way so that they could then minister to the people and lead the people in the way that God wanted them to. But again, that was never God's real intention. But he did that because the people did not walk with him and they walked in sin. They weren't walking in holiness. So he needed to set apart some people who were within that were supposed to live holy to then represent the people before God. Now, what did the priests do? Those priests prepared and set things up and got things ready so that the people could then come and worship God. What what do we do as priests now? We firstly minister and worship God. We give ourselves to Him. But then also, together as a priesthood, we worship God and minister to Him so that then He can release His life in us and through us out into the world. But within that, what He wants is not just we do that collectively, but as believers, we see that same priesthood or that same Priestly position that we have released in our homes and in our lives personally can you can you just bring up the board is that all right? Just try and just write something on here um, just to help understand what we are what we 're looking at this morning and where all this kind of fits in the scriptures we read at the beginning thanks guys um, were that peace to men in whom his favour rests. So that shalom, that total well-being. Then it talks about he's the prince of peace. He's the prince of that total well-being and shalom. Then it says that because of the punishment that he went through, it brought us peace, that total well-being, because of what he went through on the cross. And God wants us to live in that shalom, that total well-being in our hearts, in our lives and in our families. So... So there's five things we're just gonna we're not gonna look at all these things because we look at the 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 one we're looking at this morning. But firstly, we've got God who we worship, okay, and we've got King Jesus here. Now, we are then part of his kingdom. As part of his kingdom, we have the church, which is the church around the world, okay? We can use this word, the universal church. That 's not a weird word don 't think I oh, Catholic or anything. they nicked it um, this The church means the universal church, okay then you have the local church, which is say here kingdom faith church here, and then, as part of the local church, we have believers okay uh, you and I and let 's put it this way: we believers and we have a home, so we see we 're part of this whole thing so We serve God, we serve the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus. We're part of His kingdom. We're part of the body of Christ who wanted to see His kingdom all over the earth. But then we express that as part of the local church. But then where does all of this start? It starts here in the home. It starts here in your life and my life. So God wants to activate and release something in our homes and our lives because this is where it starts. And as we see His shalom, His total well-being, the release of His life and His power and His presence a fresh way, in our homes, our marriages, our families and what God wants to do, we'll see a greater release in the local church in terms of here, what God does. As there's a greater release in the local church, there's a greater release in the body of Christ, in the church. That means there's kingdom expression and advancement going on in the community, the region, the nation and beyond. And then all of that brings glory to God and it brings glory to Jesus. Amen. So something needs to be happening here going on here in our lives here that then is actually the activation point for everything that goes on here now a lot of what we do as believers in the west is we approach everything from a western mindset and the early church in its essence was Jewish because the the early believers were Jewish And the context and the culture of their lifestyle was very much in the home. We read that in Acts chapter 2. It says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the Word. They were devoted to fellowship, sharing life. They were devoted to prayer. They were devoted to breaking bread. And then we see the outworking of that, miracles taking place. They shared everything they had. They met together in the temple courts daily. But then it also says they broke bread together in their homes. It's interesting where the breaking of bread took place was in the home. Now what's happened in the Western Church centuries back, a lovely fellow called Constantine decided that he would take everything out of the home and away from the believer and put everything in a building. And the building was called the church, the church building. So what did he do? He took the power away from the believer and said, if you're going to worship, you have to come to a building. If you're going to pray, you have to come to a building. If you're going to have communion, you have to come to a building. If you're going to confess your sins, you have to come to a building. When you come to that building, the person who's going to lead it is a priest on the stage. And he took the priesthood of the believer away from the individual believer and said, if you're going to have any connection with God, you have to go through this person here. And so what took place, that shalom, that total well-being, that release of God in the home and in the lives of people was stripped out of there and it was put into a building. And what we do so often as Western Christians is we focus everything around the building and coming and doing certain forms and functions because that's what we think church is. Now, that is part of church meeting together, the body of Christ, the ecclesia, Coming together to worship, to be in the word, to respond, to pray, and all of those things. But where does it begin? It begins here. But so often, what we do is we, we focus everything on this. And we say everything out. so hopefully the pastor's going to be on it today and he's going to bring a good word and he's going to fuel my life and put fuel on the fire and he's going to make something happen because he's excited, he's been praying, he's been fasting, he's been doing this, that and the other. Hope the worship team are on it today because I want a good time of worship because I've had a rubbish week and all that kind of stuff. And, 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 and we pay that bloke to look after us and, and do certain things. We pay all these people to, surely that should be better than this. That should be more organised than that. Because we pay those people and it's easy to have a mindset like that. And what happens is we look to a few people in here and then to try and mobilise the body to reach the world. It's like you, you know you're trying to wind the thing up all the time because there's been so much focus on this. And not the believer in their life and in their home, being who God's called them to be as a priest to him and a priest to their family. Now, we live in a culture, in a society that's pretty fragmented. Family, marriage and family, relationships are the backbone of society. And what the enemy is sought to do is destroy that backbone to destroy marriage, to destroy family, to destroy relationships. And <clears throat> we live in a culture that is pretty pressurised, don't we? Uh, everything's open seven days a week. Everything is available now when you want it. You can buy anything online at any time of the day or night. A lot of shops are open every day of the week and, and some are a lot later than they used to be. The pressure at work to stay longer to do this to do that you know, to earn more money to buy the next thing to have this to have that to have the other there's a, such a strong pressure uh, to, and, and a drive in our lives to produce more to be more successful and all of that kind of stuff and, and there's not a lot of space in life and you might be thinking there isn't in the way you're preaching this morning to, to breathe or there might not be a lot of space or time in life to actually just stop and say what is all this about why am I here And where is God in my life, in my family, in my home? Because if we understand the heart and the purpose of God, everything flows from here. Everything flows from here. And everything flows from here being joined together here, which is then part of this here, as we've already said, part of this. And then God is glorified in terms of what He is he is doing So there's an attack on family. There's an attack to break down marriages and all of that. And, and we see the parallel with Egypt and the people of Israelites being slaves and the culture and the pressure they were under constantly uh, 24-7 to produce this, to be that, to be the other. And, and God stepped into that environment and brought them out of that because he didn't want them to live in that, but he, he was going to bring them into their promised land. But there were certain things that he did and he said that are going to enable that to take place. Now, for us, the amazing thing is we are not part of the world system any longer. In the sense of being driven by it, being pressured by it. We are in this system, but how we live in it is either determined by it or it's determined by What we're talking about here, God's kingdom, His purposes and then how we live in relation to that. So God has an answer to the world system. God has an answer to 24-7 pressure, driven, produce this, that and the other, be successful. He has a solution in Genesis 2 verses 2 and 3. What does it say here? After God had created everything in six days, it says on the seventh day, God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work and he blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So firstly, it says here, God had finished the work. God had accomplished something interesting. God had finished, then he rested. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? What did Jesus cry out on the cross? It is finished. So what did Jesus do once he had finished the work? Right. So Jesus is now sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's rested from what he's done because he said, My work is finished. It is complete. It is done. And the word rested in there, uh, from all his work, means to cease from all his work. Um, but then God said he blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now the word rested there, I'm sure some of you are going to know this. The Hebrew word for that is Shabbat or we would say Sabbath. Okay, And many people they associate the Sabbath or Shabbat with something that the Jews do or something that Jewish people do or it's part of Old Testament law or it's just a religious activity that was set in place through the law and the Jews are supposed to adhere to that but we don't need to recognise that in any way, shape or form because we're the other side of the cross, we know Jesus and therefore we don't have to keep things that in our mind are connected with the law or things that God said to the Jewish people but yet God inst- God, God um, in. Inst- is the word instated? Is that right? In instigated, thank you. Uh, God instigated this whole thing before there were any Jewish people around, before any law was even given in terms to the Jewish people. He put something in place knowing that we, it was going to be good for us and healthy for us because it was something that was going to enable us to make space for God to fill in our homes and in our lives. I put the pen down don't like a teacher. <laughs> Uh, There's too much for this morning because we're going to have communion this morning. I believe God wants to do something really powerful this morning. Um, So a couple of weeks time we're going to pick up on on, on this stuff. because we're going to have to do a sila, We're going to have to do a pause. Is that okay? And uh, not leave you like that for two weeks. Um, What did God do? He made a day holy. Now, there's some stuff in Hebrews that we haven't really got time to go into. Maybe I'll just explain this without reading through the whole thing. okay? Because we need to understand that there's different words for rest in the Bible. We just have one English word and we think it all means the same thing. But there are different words for different things. In Hebrews chapters 3 and 4, the writer of Hebrews is speaking about rest. And the people of or the Israelites... And the various things in there saying because of their disobedience, they weren't going to enter the rest of God. But yet the other side of the cross, we now do enter the rest of God. And, and when you read through that in English, you read it all and you just, you just think it means rest, 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 rest. But actually there's different words uh, for rest in there. So when the, the writer to the Hebrews is speaking about, in the context of Sabbath and rest, okay, what he's speaking about is, is this, I'll read a couple of verses, chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since the promise of entering His rest, and the word rest there means abode, God's habitation and dwelling, it's it, what it means to be in Christ, okay? So since we have the promise of entering into habitation, dwelling in Christ, still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. So when it talks about rest at the beginning here, it's not talking about a day of rest and have you done it or not. What it's talking about is relationship with God in Christ, that we've now been brought into the rest of God, into a spiritual rest with God, that we're now no longer living in our own effort and strength, we're now living in His life and His power. Okay, have you got that? Then it says, For we also have the gospel preached to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they, they who heard did not combine it with faith. So how do you come into the rest of God, the abode of God? You come into that by faith. Okay. So this is our relationship with God. Now we who have believed enter the rest or the abode or the habitation just as God has said. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. So through their disobedience, what God was saying to them, they were not going to enter the abode, the spiritual rest of God that he wanted because of their disobedience. Are you with me? And yet his work had been finished since the creation of the world. So even though he'd finished all of that and God wanted them to live in the abode of God from that moment on, Because of sin and disobedience, they couldn't live with him in that way. That's why Jesus had to come and die on the cross to reestablish the presence of God in our lives so that we could know God in that way. Are you still with me? For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words and on the seventh day God rested from all his work. The word rested there means to cease and to stop what you are doing, your work, okay? And so in the midst of this, Spiritual rest, relationship in Christ, twenty four seven, within that spiritual relationship and who we are as children of God, God is also saying when you read you continue reading through this chapter, that it's important that we physically rest from what we do. and just because we are living twenty four/ seven in Christ, spiritually, that doesn't then mean that we work seven days a week and we live in the world system being driven, but actually in our lives, there must be time in our lives, in our homes, where we say this space, because this is what God's talking about, this sacred space, which that's what Sabbath means, a sacred space. And it's not us making time for God. Sabbath means God's appointed time with us. So God appoints time that he wants with us. Are we, are we then meeting him in his appointed time? Are you with me? So what I'm not saying this morning is everybody has to have a Sabbath day and you have to have from this time to this time and do absolutely nothing. But what we do need to do is we need to make space in our lives, in our, in a, in our homes, where everything else stops. Everything stops. Not just work, but the TV goes off. People's phones are put over on the side. And we get round the table, we sit round and we do what they did in the early church because they were devoted to this. They were devoted to breaking bread. Now if you can do this every day, absolutely fantastic, brilliant. But what we want to do is we want to make time for the shalom of God to invade our homes and lives in a fresh way. That means we need to make space and time for that, put everything else on hold. And we need to then say, right, Jesus, we belong to you. You've made us priests before you in our homes. Therefore, we want to make sure we are ministering to you as a family. We're ministering to one another. And then we'll get on to breaking bread in terms of what that means and Unpack some of that in a couple of weeks' time. So we actually, it's not just just somebody break a bit of bread and have a bit of juice, break it, you know, eat it, sip it. Have we done? Can I go and play now? We, we wanna, we, and that's just the dad wanted to get back on his, his Game Boy or whatever. Uh, need to grow up a bit if you're still doing that. But anyway, uh, unless you're doing it with your kids. And, and anyway, that's another story. So, um, but there's a distinction in here between the rest, the abode, the habitation of God and rest from what you do and make space for God in your life, in your time, in your diary, in your schedule. Okay, are you with me? All right. So we need to have communion. Uh, let's all stand. So we're going to have to pause here. Um, now the kids will probably be coming in the next few minutes, which actually is probably quite cool because if you've got your kids with you in the next few minutes as they arrive back in, you can have communion with them. And you can pray some things over them, which would be cool. But God wants, we haven't got anywhere, I haven't even got anywhere near halfway through my stuff this morning, okay? But the, the main thing for this morning then so far, God wants to restore the priest in the home, the pastor in the home. And when I say that, I'm not just saying this is to do with the bloke if that's your situation and your husband and wife in the home. It's not, this is for the bloke. This is for, this is for everybody in the home. Anybody who's a believer is a priest before him. They're part of the priesthood of believers. In our home, we have responsibility in different ways and we can unpack that in a, in a couple of weeks' time. But what God wants to restore is the shalom, the life, the power, the total well-being and uh, and, and some of the guys we met a couple of weeks ago, we heard some amazing stories of what God is doing in their church, in their situation, as, as they've been doing this. When marriages that were falling apart, they were like, well, let's give this a try. Let's make space for God. And, and marriages are being healed. Some kids who'd had pretty serious illnesses, one was terminal, and uh, they... they they said, we've got to make space as a family in our home. God wants to restore something that we've never had as a family or, or, or revive something or whatever. And, and families got round the table. They broke bread together. They ate together. They prayed and this, and boom, miracles happen. Diseases coming off kids' lives. And now, now the doctors are saying that was a miracle. That was impossible. but. And, and addictions broken in people's lives, children being reconnected with parents that have sort of gone off and done this, that and the other and come back to the home because of what God's doing. Why? Because the priesthood, the priest of the believer is being activated and operated in here. It's not just being activ- uh, activated here as part of the body in relation to the things we do as a body. It's being released in the home and the power of God's being released there where God wants it to be released. Are you ready? just close your eyes for a moment and can all the servers get ready for communion please thanks in a, in a couple of minutes we're gonna we, there's a song that's gonna play and uh, you might know it, you might not and um, we're just gonna use it as a, as a preparation um, in terms of how we're gonna prepare for, for communion this morning So just before we do that, there's absolutely no condemnation in our lives in terms of this message this morning. Some of you might think, well, I've never prayed with my wife. I've never prayed with my kids. Some of you might say, I've never prayed with my husband. I've never prayed with my kids. Or we don't really do anything. That's okay. Just draw a line. Don't, don't let the enemy go, well, oh, you're rubbish at that. You'll never look at this. Look at, you know, just, just draw a line and say, right, I'm here now. Whatever's happened up to this point, has happened. I draw a line and I step over that this morning. And Jesus, I want to begin to step into either what has never happened in my home. I want to step into what you want to release in terms of the shalom, in terms of his total well-being, his life, his power. I want you to release your kingdom life afresh into my marriage, into my family, into my home, whatever your context is. And maybe if you know you haven't done all those things, just say, Father, forgive me where I have neglected being the priest in the home or the pastor in the home or, or, or taking that right authority in the home. Forgive me, don't dwell on it. Just say, Father, I thank you, you brought this to my attention and I, I thank you that you forgive me right now and I draw a line and I choose to step over that line into something new from this moment and what you're going to do, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's just take a moment. There's a song that's going to play. The kids are coming back in. and um, Just let them come to wherever you are. And then when when communion comes around in a minute, we're going to take a few minutes. I mean, when the bread comes around, just take a little bit. Take enough for maybe you and your family. Pass it on. I'm going to take a few minutes to pray together. If you, if you're in a family, pray in your family. If your husband or wife pray together, if you're with some friends, you can just pray together. And this is the beginning of God just beginning to activate in something new and fresh in your marriage, in your family, in your home. let uh, This song is quite powerful, and it. Is connected into what God is doing. God wants to release new wine in your home. And He wants the wine skin in your home, of your home, to be a place where He releases new wine. Are you ready? Do you want to play the track, guys? Just raise your hands wherever you are. Maybe encourage the children in here. Hey, if you're standing with your parents, maybe just lift your hands to the Lord as well. Just join in with together as a, as a church family. Just everybody lift your hands for a moment. What an amazing line. I choose to put down my old flames and pick up your new fire today. What a brilliant line. I let go of the old. I let go of everything else that's gone before. And today I pick up the new flame of what you're doing, Father, in my life. That, that fresh release of your spirit in me, in my family, in my home, in the life of the church. Think you for that fresh release of your spirit to see your power in a fresh way. New freedom and your kingdom being released in our homes. We thank you, Lord. We praise your name. We praise your awesome name. Come on, let's give God a great shout of praise and thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.